Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach to Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Steve Buisson with Executive Balance. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Lee. Good to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Executive Balance. How are you serving folks? Well, I, exec, I formed Executive Balance uh, really as two-prong. I do uh, executive leadership and coaching, but I also do uh, business, more financial services, risk consulting as well. So what's your backstory? How'd you get into this line of work? Well, I uh, spent most of my career, probably 30, 30 plus years, as a financial services risk manager. My last couple of years, I was a chief risk officer for a top 10 U.S. bank uh, for a couple of their business units, business units and decided uh, I was at a crossroads. I felt I had kind of peaked where I wanted to be professionally. I attained all my goals and I really enjoyed what I was doing, but I knew there was something more. And uh, that kind of led me to uh, taking a period of discernment and trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I had this strong gravity the strong pull towards servicing. And that led me over to uh, coaching and, and consulting and forming executive balance. Now, as we get kind of deeper into your practice, can you just educate folks about like, what does a chief risk officer do? Right. So in a financial services perspective, the chief risk officer is responsible for all the different risk types. And at that level, you're really the key intermediary between the board of directors and executive management and the actual business unit CEOs. So for instance, uh, my last couple of roles were CEO of a mortgage company and CEO of our insurance company and financial services companies as well. So it was really uh, being that liaison, uh, helping them understand what their risks were, helping them you know, be able to identify their own risks. And then communicating that back and, and then really installing a, a systematic approach across the whole organization to how we think and deal about risks so we can roll it all the way up to the board of directors. Now, is risk, like, how is risk defined? Is that like a cybersecurity risk? Is it a risk if we merge with this company, there's going to be a risk? Like, it, to me, in that world, the risk can come at you in a lot of different places. Right, Lee, and that's probably the biggest challenge is, Risk comes in so many different flavors. It, it, from the examples you gave, you know, M&A is a great example of strategic risk. I was very heavily involved with that for a while. Uh, reputation risk. You know, if, if any of my firms ended up on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, I wasn't doing my job. So that was my good litmus test is keep us out of the papers from a reputation perspective. But then there's the basics that people might think of as operational risks that things might go wrong, which is cybersecurity and data and then there's credit. You know, that's, that's very important to a banking organization. And there's a whole bunch of others like market risk and liquidity risk, technology risk, legal risk. So there's a whole bunch of flavors, but we still want the same approach. We want people thinking about what are your risks today? What are your risks tomorrow? 
How severe are them? Can we categorize them? And you bring it all together in a dashboard and you have conversations about it. Now, when you got into coaching, was it just natural to just stay kind of in the financial industries and just, you know, now I'm doing risk for these other companies rather than the one company that I was doing? So from a uh, consulting perspective first, that's that's the natural segue. So my skills are still very sharp. So I've started uh, supporting uh, financial institutions. And that could be banks, but it could also be, you know, investment bankers, insurance companies, uh, a whole wide broth there in terms of giving my expertise back to them. I've been through it with large banks. There's many, many, many small mid-sized banks that I'm targeting on a regional basis where I can help them anticipate what's coming ahead of them. The coaching side is a completely different story there. Now, the coaching side, so you're not uh, targeting executives at those same institutions? Like your, your coaching, I would guess, could go broader because, you know, your background is such that, you know, business is business. Those those are kind of universal challenges. Right. So uh, you're correct, though, that I am targeting financial executives. That makes the most sense. Uh, I think that's what differentiates me from other executive coaches out there is I've actually, you know, been an executive. I was a very successful uh, executive, like I said, for many, many years. So I understand what they're going through. But when we coach uh, from a leadership and executive level, we're coaching the person, we're coaching the who, and we're helping them really as their partners. So a coaching agreement uh, arrangement is really a partnership between the executive and myself to to help them get unstuck from whatever's you know whatever's ailing them or whatever issues they have or whatever challenges they have, and and that applies both professionally and personally as well. So you know I can really coach anybody on anything at any time based on this intensive uh, coach training school I just went through with a company called IPEC. And it's been a wonderful experience. Now, when you're working with the executive, is it something the executives raising their hand and saying, um, hey, Steve, I need some help? Or is it something the board of directors is coming in and goes, Steve, fix Mary over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's most often the executive self-identifying and saying, you know, I just can't seem to get over this hurdle. There's something, whatever it is. Again, professionally, it could be, you know, dealing with their staff. It could be dealing with their bosses or the board. Uh, really, it's it's either self-identified or it could be executive management saying, you know, we really, you're an up-and-coming person. Uh, we need you to have a coach as a partner to help you have a deeper understanding of who you are and what might be holding you back. And, and that's really what coaching is at its core. It's, it's again, um, helping a person through, you know, challenging, empowering questions, self-identify what's really going on inside. And, and they might have these limiting beliefs that are really not true. And that could be formed uh, internally or externally, it could come from their upbringing or just, you know, the way they feel about themselves, or it could be society uh, pushing down on a, a person and saying, you're not good enough uh, because you're a woman, you're not good enough. And it's, it's breaking through these, these false assumptions or these false limiting beliefs and helping them understand what could be, what is possible. And it's really moving them on to this next level of thinking or this next level of energy which allows them to progress. 
Now, in your career, um, I'm sure when you started out, coaching was like almost like an exclusive club of only the highest the high highest levels got coaching. Are you seeing it kind of um, drilled down to maybe lower levels as people see the impact that a person working with a coach can uh, achieve? Right. So, you know, traditionally coaching, especially at the executive level, like I'm targeting executive management, C-suite type folks like myself, that coaching was reserved for them. But uh, companies were finding that it was extremely successful and they're rolling it down to uh, senior management and then even middle management and the up and comers. So as you think about, you know, folks targeted early in their career, they're learning the technical aspects through on-the-job training and that sort of thing. And they might be learning leadership skills from going to leadership skill schools, but it's really the coaching which helps them overcome those obstacles where they might be, you know, reaching um, a ceiling that's not really there. It's a, you know, a self-perceived feeling where they just can't get out of their own way. So it's a matter of sitting down with them, having these exploratory conversations and really peeling back and helping them realize what might be holding them back and, you know, being able to progress forward. Now in your career, I'm sure you had an opportunity to work with mentors. Did you have an opportunity to work with a coach? You know, I personally did not have a coach um, as I was going through my career. It really wasn't in vogue back then uh, so much. I did a lot of mentoring myself. I really enjoyed that aspect. I helped start some mentoring programs at some of the firms I was with. And then was, you know, my last, my last job, I was very active in mentoring. And that was one of the things that was pulling me towards coaching. Uh, you know, I was, I really enjoyed giving back and helping uh, folks. So taking the opportunity to uh, find a way that I can give back was very important to me as I decided to found my company and name it. Now, speaking of naming it, those words you chose were probably not accidental. It was probably a lot of thought that went into it. But can you share why you decided to call the practice executive balance? Yeah. So, you know, it was really uh, balancing from a number of different perspectives. For me personally, it was finding a balance in my life. Um, I knew that when I was getting ready to move on to this second chapter, after you know, working 30 years plus and uh, grinding out 60 hour weeks, it was time to give back. And I decided I wanted to give back in three ways. I wanted to give back one day a week, uh, one day, uh, you know, work week, weekday to my wife and my family, which I'm doing one day a week to my community, which is very important to me. I've always been very involved in, in nonprofit boards and uh, volunteering and that sort of thing. And then how can I give back to my profession? And I thought coaching was a great way and consulting too. It's a way of giving back my skills back to the profession and helping those uh, through my experiences. There's one key differentiation, Lee. You know, when we think about coaching, coaching is not mentoring. Mentoring is more uh, offering to a person what you would do from your own experience. You know, more of I've been there. This is what I did. Uh, Coaching is not counseling. Coaching is not uh, friendship and coaching is not uh, like, you know, professional sports coaching. Coaching gets back to this partnership of based on my experience, uh, how can I help you discover your path to get forward from whatever's holding you back? 
Now, in your work, are you finding your point of entry with a firm is through consulting and then kind of evolves into coaching, or does it start at coaching and evolve into consulting? I found that it's both ways. So often, uh, you know, you're consulting with a firm, and uh, you may be consulting one-on-one with, um, you know, an executive. And there's, you know, in consulting world, you're being paid for a project. You're being paid to deliver an outcome, whether it be an opinion or a report or, you know, produce something. And in doing so, you're also helping that executive evaluate, you know, what else is going on there. And quite often you might find the problem is not necessarily uh, operations and process, but it might be people. And sometimes it might be a leader who is being held back for some reason and is not really working efficiently with the team. That's where coaching could come in and really help tap into that and uh, unlock that person to be more effective in what they do. Now, um, when you kind of left the corporate world and started your own practice, you decided to get go through a, a program. What's prevented you or why did you choose that route rather than just kind of the the Steve's laws of what I've yeah. learned in 30 years in business? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there's nothing uh, holding people back from doing that. And, and uh, people are very good at it. Sometimes folks, you know, just uh, say, I'm going to be a coach one day and then boom, they just start. Uh, I knew inside of me, uh, I was very good vertically within an organization and, and good at what I did. It was from a technical perspective. I, I started my career way back as a, as a bond trader and I was very technical and quantitative in what I did. And I worked my way up into leadership roles. Um, but there was no guarantee that being successful as an executive, I would necessarily be successful as an executive coach. So I decided uh, several, well, I guess almost a year ago, that I needed to acquire those skills. And the best way to acquire those skills was just to go back to a school, pick one that's accredited, uh, and go back and get those skills. And that's been a great decision for me. It's sure, it's an investment in, in time and money, but it's really taught me the necessary techniques uh, to earn that credibility. Because uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of the business that I plan on continuing to get has been through referrals. And as you start collecting customers, clients, and they're very pleased with the work you're doing, they're going to tell folks as well. So, you know, establishing that, that trust, building that relationship, earning that credibility leads to more clients and more opportunities to help people. So now walk me through what an engagement, a coaching engagement looks like. What is the typical pain that this executive is having? Like you used the word stuck earlier. Is this something like, what are some symptoms of being stuck? Right. So you might uh, often, being in the corporate world, I've seen it many times. You've got an up and coming person who's just kind of uh, the chosen one and and doors are opening for them and they're taking advantage of opportunities. They're excellent at what they do. But suddenly they get tapped out. You know, the capped out, I guess, would be a better way of saying that they've run into these self-imposed walls. So uh, what a co- typical coaching engagement would be is uh, somebody would contact me and I say, okay, well, let's, let's have an introductory meeting. I'll give you a complimentary session first. And that's step one towards really explaining what coaching is about, similar to what we've talked about. And then building the relationship, building the trust. And then when they understand what I can do to help them as their partner, it's a matter of uh, showing them. So I'll give a complimentary session and walk them through 
you know, maybe just 15, 20 minutes of what a coaching session might look like and stop and say, what did you think? Is coaching right for you? And I'll tell you what, Lee, nine times out of 10, they're like, yes, <laughs> this, this is what I need. You can recognize, you know, from the, the skills that, that I bring to the table and, you know, the connection we make usually because it's from shared experiences that uh, they're ready to go at that point. And then once the engagement starts, it's typically, you know, six months or so, a six month engagement. That's the way we do it. And some are shorter, some are longer, and some just uh, ante up and, and want to keep going. So it, it varies across the board, but uh, it's really using that first meeting or two to make sure we have the chemistry. And it's okay if you don't have the chemistry and we part ways. You know, I want to make sure that the client is getting something out of it. I mean, it is all about, like I said before, all about the client and helping them get unlocked uh, or, 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 you know, unstuck from whatever's holding them back. Now, is it something that um, they'll begin to see and feel results in a month, a week, one session, a year? Yeah, I mean, often... Often it's it's the first session, and then every session after that, we go in there, um, and I challenge the client to bring forth you know whatever issue they want to talk about, and together we we unlock uh, what's holding them back, and then formulate a game plan, and I give them homework to do, you know things to work on. And it's really their own action plan. I help them develop, and typically, you know, meetings uh, we meet two or three times a month. It's not every week, and from that. They have their homework and they come back and they and I say, you know, how did you do? What are you what are you learning about yourself? And it's it's amazing the progress as they move along and, and apply what they've self-discovered. Uh, so back to your question, Lee, uh, the, the impact can be immediate depending upon the client or sometimes it, it takes a little bit longer. And quite often it's not just one thing. So it does take, you know, a couple of months to get through uh, different types of issues that may be related. Now, I know you've only been doing this a relatively short time compared to the rest of your career, but do you have any um, incidents that have happened so far that you can share that's been a success story where you can share maybe the before, uh, you know, the pain they were having and then the, what the conversation looked like with you and then the outcome? I can give you uh, typical examples, nothing from uh, any particular clients that I've gone through just from a confidential Right. I wouldn't want you to. Yeah. I just, yeah, the yeah. just kind of the lessons rather than the individual right. anecdote. Right. So that, you know, what a typical lesson might be is uh, first there's the discovery of the aha moment. And it's, as I mentioned before, it's, it's typically some limiting belief or assumption that existed with this person uh, deep down inside. And it's, it's the, um, realization that this doesn't have to hold you back. This doesn't have to hold you down. And then from that, it's, you know, championing them to find their own solution. Together, we get the solution. And then they walk out of that meeting full of confidence. Of course, of course, I can do this. I've got this. I've always had it inside of me. And I've seen that transformation from some of our clients. And then when you check back in a couple of weeks later, it's like, how did it go? Oh, I, Steve, I can't tell you how happy I've been. Um, you know, I've been, I've been working on this and it's just been super. So it, granted, it's not all, you know, uh, ponies and rainbows, but for the most part, you get these aha moments and you just build on that. And then do you find that um, even the most successful executive 
still has kind of some blind spots or some maybe uh, some areas where they just don't have the confidence that like an outsider might think they would? It's amazing. Every executive, and now this is a self-serving statement, but really every executive needs a coach because nobody's perfect and nobody's got it all figured out. Uh, some are much better than others, but it's really um, helping them get to their core. And if they haven't done this self-discovery at some point in their career, uh, which quite often they haven't, which is what is your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? What brings you to do this every day? Uh, and, and it's that moment where of self-discovery quite often, which really sets the stage and starts paving the road for uh, an even better path forward. And this is even for successful executives. Now, your background's been in risk. What would you say to the executive who hasn't gotten a coach yet? What, what is the risk of not having a coach in your mind? The biggest risk is probably unfulfillment, you know, not reaching your potential. And I can't think of anything that's, that's sadder uh, for a successful executive that says, you know, you can do better. Let's take, let's, let's take this opportunity to work together uh, as successful or disappointing as your career has been so far. You absolutely can take it to the next level. No doubt in my mind. Well, Steve, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to learn more about your practice, maybe get on your calendar. Is there a website? Absolutely. ExecutiveBalanceLLC.com. Feel free to visit me on the uh, website. You can, uh, there's certain buttons uh, you can click to get in touch with me. I'll say, I'll reply to your email or you can get directly on my calendar. So it's, I try and make it as easy as possible. Got my contact information in there as well. Or if you don't feel comfortable clicking on buttons, give me a call. It's on there as well. So it's hopefully I've made it pretty, pretty straightforward to, to track me down. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Excellent, Lee. Thanks for the time. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 